0: Hey, y'all, it's me, Jess Bubaco, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business, to health, to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hello, and welcome to the Love Your Woo podcast. My name is Jess Bubico, and I am very jazzed up today because I have a dear friend and mentor with me today. Her name is Holly Morphew. She is an award-winning financial coach, writer, and speaker based in Denver, Colorado. She is the CEO and founder of Financial Impact, a specialized financial coaching practice that helps career-driven entrepreneurs and professionals create wealth, personal wealth, and financial independence She is the author of Simple Wealth, a number one bestseller in wealth management, personal transformation, real estate, and women in business. Holly began teaching personal finance in 2006 as a service project with Rotary International and received the prestigious Rotarian of the Year Award for her work in financial literacy. As an accredited financial counselor with the AFCPE, Holly also has been recognized for bridging the gap for outstanding work in private practice. Her philosophy, Abundance is Our Natural State, is the core of Financial Impact Program, which helps clients bridge behavior and mindset to realize their innate potential. In addition to personal wealth building, Holly also helps clients start and scale businesses and create new streams of income. Holly, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Can't wait to talk about money. My favorite subject. (laughs) I'm,
0: I know I'm super excited to be talking about abundance and wealth and wealth building and all of that. So I, I, I want to just tell everybody first and foremost, I met Holly through a friend named Britt, who had interviewed Holly for a podcast and she messaged me afterwards. And she's like, I think you need to know Holly. Like, I think the two of you need to know each other. And it's been really cool because I ended up actually just yesterday completing my financial coaching program with Holly. So I'm excited to talk about your work. I'm excited to talk about your human design, where you're headed, all of the things. So can you share with everybody a little bit about your work and how you came into it?
1: Yes, yes. You know, I came into it because it's a subject that I'm really passionate about. And I just saw that there was a huge gap in my experience with money and my upbringing related to money and then my peers experience with money. And it started out when I was, you know, I was in my early 20s and just kind of looking at my life and um, thinking about, okay, you know, what kind of a life do I want to live? And I bought a house when I was 25 and my uh, I had moved to Boston right after college and um, made a bunch of really great friends. And When I moved back to Colorado, a friend of mine was like, I want to move to Colorado. I'm like, yes, please. I'm buying a house. Like, come live with me. You can pay cheap rent. It'll be good for me because you can help me pay my mortgage and everyone will be happy. And we were. And we did that for a few months. And I started wondering, wow, you know, why aren't more of my friends buying houses or starting to think about, um, you know, this is before house hacking, came up and before house hacking was like a thing, but that's definitely what we were both doing. And as I started to ask the question, it I learned that a lot of people don't grow up in families where they talk about money at the dinner table like mine did. And not to mention, we don't teach personal finance in school. We don't teach employees how to build wealth with their paycheck. And so, you know, it's been, gosh, almost 20 years now since I've been, you know, teaching personal finance. And what I found is that a lot of people just guess and create patterns that are just based on either lack of information or misinformation. And then by the time my clients come to me and they're, you know, late twenties up into, you know, generally their forties, it's like, there's shame and guilt and overwhelm or confusion and all of these sort of negative emotions related to money when really it can be fun. And it is so super simple. That's why I called my book simple wealth, but a confused mind says no. And in the absence of information, people do tend to guess. And then, you know, the guessing becomes habit. And then pretty soon it's like, wait, how do I undo all of this stuff that I've been doing for the past, you know, five to 10 to 15 years so that One day I can make work a choice. And that's really what it comes down to for me. You know, when I was fast forward a few years after, you know, buying that house, I was working really hard, just like we're taught to do. And, you know, at that point I did have the house and the the great job and the lifestyle and all the things, but I realized that I was living paycheck to paycheck And I had been doing mental accounting where I just had an idea of what was coming in and an idea of what was going out every month. And I noticed that it was starting to get harder and harder for me to pay my bills. Like I was always waiting for money to come in so that I could pay the mortgage, pay the car payment, pay the credit cards. And, and I just kept getting like my credit lines just kept getting increased, increased. And so, you know, when I would spend, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, you know, this will just make my minimum payment go up. 20 bucks or, you know, 30 bucks a month. But what was really happening is that I was creating so much debt for myself that it got to a point where it sort of was out of control. And that was when I realized, okay, I need to sit down and really take a look at what's happening with my money. Because if if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to be in the same place five years from now. And I was working 60 to 70 hours a week and it was a stressful job. And when I added up my credit card balances, I discovered that I had $67,000 of credit card debt. And yeah, and that was a really scary moment. So naturally, you know, I called my financial advisor and asked him for help. And you know, he listened to what my problem was. You know, I'm working 60 to 70 hours a week. There's really not any room for me to work more. How do I create more freedom and choices and um, just enjoy, enjoy my life? Like, what's the path to, to freedom? And he asked me how much more money I wanted to invest each month. And that was like my aha moment that's when I realized, okay, even my financial advisor cannot help me with this situation that I'm in. And there's a huge gap. And so because I had no extra money to invest, I just started to lean into studying business in college, what I learned growing up in a family of entrepreneurs and real estate investors. I learned everything I could about passive income, wealth management, debt elimination, personal finance, and applied it to my own personal finances. And three years later, I was totally debt-free. Shortly after that, I had money in the bank. I became financially independent in my thirties. And then a year after I became FI, I actually became a millionaire. And so now using that same system, that's just, that's what I teach and preach. Yeah, <laughs> That's kind of the gist of it.
0: I have so many thoughts. The first thing I just want to clarify for people, what is How do you define financial independence?
1: Yes, it is the point when work becomes a choice. And what that means is that the income that you receive from sources other than a job can pay for your expenses. So like our parents call financial independence retirement. But I don't really like to use that word because for, you know, Gen X, millennials, certainly Gen Z, to me, it's a pipe dream. We just, the economy is not the same as it was, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, it's just the cost of living has gone up so much and not every job offers a 401k, much less a match. And not everyone's able to contribute to that every single year from age 22 to age 67. It's just a different world that we're living in. And so when I think about financial independence, I'm helping people either save their way there, earn their way there, or for, for others, they, they can reduce or refine their lifestyle to get there. That's not the choice that I've made because I love to spend and I like to live a big life. So, you know, the the earning my way there has kind of been the key for me, but all ways are good. It just depends on what path you want to take, how fast you want to go and what kind of life you want to live.
0: Yeah. You know, so many people talk about, and I, I hear my parents reference this you know, the economy is changing and people are talking about what's going to happen to Social Security. We don't get pensions anymore. And there's a lot of this sort of doom and gloom, I think, around what's happening in the financial world. And what I love is that you are able to bring this different mindset and different perspective that I think is extremely easy. And again, her book is called Simple Wealth. You can go out and find it, I believe on Amazon. I think that's where I bought it from. Yep. Um, and you help to create a different perspective, a different point of view and make it easy. And so it's not for me, you know, it's not this doom and gloom of like, well, if you haven't put X amount of money into your, this account, by the time you're this, then you're probably going to have to like this, you know, you're not going to be able to retire in this kind of way. And X, Y, and Z, I think you really help to put things into perspective in a way that I feel like I could visualize a different future for myself outside of just what we hear in the personal development world, which is like, you know, manifest the reality you want and visualize it, which are amazing. Those things are absolutely amazing. And we can definitely do that. I feel like you help to bring things as your, your bio said, like you bridge the gap, you help to actually bring things down to earth and bring it not just from imagination, but into reality with different structures that are supportive, different ways of looking at money that are supportive. Um, so that's personally a big part of why I love the work that you do is because you really take it out of the ethereal up here views of money that we hear in the personal development field and you anchor it into and down to earth in an approachable and, um, quite honestly, I found money fun by the time, by the end of our time together. So I, I love what you're doing.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you for saying that Jess. And it is fun and it, you know, money is infinite you can create as much money as you want in your life. And that is the truth. That is the bottom line. And I did not discover that truth. That is an abundance principle because money is intangible. I mean, the government's creating more and more money every day. We're looking at cryptocurrency. There's new coins coming out all the time. And and yes, money is this intangible thing, but once I started to plug in the abundance principles into my my own personal path to wealth, which you know, now you've heard my story. Like it was not perfect. I definitely was staring down, you know, a mountain or staring up at a mountain of debt and really not sure what my future was going to look like. And that there there was a lot of pain and suffering in those moments, you know, like sweating it out. Like, what am I gonna do? I don't like my job. Is this gonna be like the rest of my life? And once I started to, you know, like I always say, there are three paths to wealth, financial capability, which is, you know, the willingness and the ability to, you know, put your money in the right places so that it grows. That's one. And that's kind of like the traditional way that if you're lucky enough to get some financial education, that's what you're going to get taught. But then the other ways to create wealth is acquiring assets, which you can acquire in lots of different ways, slowly, quickly, cash infusions a business, you know, property, so you know, stock options at work. There's so many ways to acquire assets. But the third way, which is having an abundant mindset, that's once I plugged that in and that only happened for me, you know, in my, my mid thirties, you know, I had gone through divorce. I was married for 10 years. And my ex-husband and I ran a very successful company together, which, you know, gave me a lot of income. And when we split up, he kept the business. That was our agreement. And, um, and I kept a property that we had bought together and I had to start over from scratch. I mean, yes, I had an asset, which was wonderful, but my income was gone. And so I was like, okay, what, like, what is it that I really want to do with my life? Like what lights me up? What am I good at? What is, you know, now I've, I've learned more about human design. I've learned more about um, like my natal chart with astrology and like who I am and what I came to the world to do. And once I started to get connected to what it is that I value and what was on the other side of wealth and financial independence for me and actually practice the stillness, get into nature, spend time in community, say the affirmations, even looking into my eyes, as I said, the abundance, you know, affirmations, that's when things really started to shift and income follows impact. And so it's a completely different way of looking at money when you're looking at it through the lens of who am I and how can I serve a greater purpose in my life, whether that's at your job and just finding the right role and the right industry and the right company for you, or it's entrepreneurship. And so that's made a really profound difference in my own path to wealth. And now my company is scaling to seven figures. Like I never thought that I would say that. And here, here I am saying, wow, like money truly is infinite. I am living it.
0: Yeah. What I, you know, what I'm hearing in this too, is this idea that it literally has to be both like it, it has to be both. We have to carry the mindset and the, you know, we think about ourselves as beings. We're energetic beings. We've got the physical, the tangible, we have the emotional and the mental, uh, and the spiritual, we have to be able to bridge all of it. So for me in my personal experience, you know, I came from the mindset, you know, I started out, I was a speech therapist and I chose to move down to North Carolina. I was living in Connecticut originally. And I want to say like, I might be exaggerating here, but I think, you know, in a school or hospital. Setting as a speech therapist, just starting out of college or of grad school, maybe making somewhere between 50 and 70,000 would be depending upon like what school district you're in, or if you're in a hospital or whatever. When I moved down to North Carolina, you know, I chose essentially fun was why I went down to North Carolina, because when I went there, I had been in grad school for two years living with my parents. Um, Commuting into New York City on the weekends to have a little bit of fun with my friends. And I was so ready for independence. I had gone to Penn State, you know, I had partied my brains out in college, had the best time, had the best of friends. And then I came back to Connecticut and was implanted into my old environment, and no one was around anymore. And most of my grad school friends were very focused on grad school. I was focused too, but I wanted to live this adult life as well. And so, I went down to North Carolina, hang out with a bunch of people. It was like so fun. There was community, there was stuff going on. There were yoga classes. It was, you know, winters were warm and I saw this possibility there. And so I moved down there, but starting salary, I think was between 35 and 40. I think mm-hmm. starting salary was maybe 35. And then I got like a $5,000 bonus or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Price of living was less and all that, but you know, I wasn't making all that much money after taxes and retirement and all that, that was coming out. So I entered into the personal development world, because as a kid, I was always like, I want to be rich when I grow up. Like I want to have a ton of money. You know, what kid doesn't want to have a lot of money when they get into adulthood. And I think growing up in Fairfield County, Connecticut, you know, it's, it's a more affluent place. Um, you know, it there's, there's a lot there anyways. I stepped into the personal development field and people were talking about abundance and money mindset and all that. And so I started to really expand around that. And I was like, this is so cool. And I started my own business and I saw I could make money, but I didn't have the financial management side of it. And truth be told, I really can't blame that like on my parents all that much. I mean, to some degree, you know, My mom and dad both dealt with money very differently, but my dad always wanted to talk to us about financial management. And I was like, nope, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. And honestly, it was probably more so, you know, again, just looking at my parents managing differently. And I know we get our money stories from our parents, but to some degree, I had that available, but I, didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to feel restricted and limited in terms of money, but that also went back to my whole upbringing, which was, I wanted to be fiercely independent and I didn't want anybody to tell me anything about what what I could or couldn't do. So, you know, it was my own kind of personal reality. And what I, I found was I, I just didn't know how to manage it or what to do with it. So I could come in with this idea of like, I can make as much money or as little money as I want. Like, I, I know through my mind and my mindset and my emotions, money is always available, but it was bridging, I think, the practical side with you, which has been incredibly helpful in being able to see a different reality that doesn't look like always having to go out and make more money in a traditional sense.
1: Yeah, yes, Yes, all of that. And I just love, I love that you brought up like it, it wasn't until the time was right. And I think it, like, I call it just in time financial planning, because until you're really ready to look at it, and you're really ready to, you know, make some shifts, then then you're not going to it's like, if you ever think about your life, and at any point in time, like we are where we are, because of the choices and the thoughts and the decisions that we've made in the past, like no doubt about it. And it's, it's the same thing with money, like, our ceiling is what we set it to. And that's an energetic, it's a vibration. And it's really interesting. Once you start to break that down, how much control we really do have over the income that we bring in. But I always say that building wealth is 20% strategy and the strategy is really important. And this stuff does not come naturally. Like we have to be taught, we have to be taught about the environment that we're living in and like what to do with our dollars to make to make the highest impact that we can. I call it the highest and best use of your dollars. But the other 80% of the wealth building equation is having an abundant mindset. And that wasn't taught to me. I learned that in kind of the same way that you did, Jess, like, you know, getting into personal development, becoming an entrepreneur, hiring coaches, learning about mindset, plugging into Dr. Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, like, you know, some of the the masters who, you know, all the books that I read that I realized, wow, I really can create my ideal future. And the life that I'm living today is very much like something that I dreamed up in my mind and then just continue to visualize and then practice. Like it's all, it's just about practice. Every day is an opportunity to practice becoming wealthy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's it's wild that we don't learn these things growing up in school and probably the places where we need to learn it the most you know if you give a a baby's naturally going to try to get up and walk you know um at least if it's raised in a healthy environment like it's it's going to naturally try to do these things that are built into our biology and I think when we look at money like money is man-made you know it's a form of exchange and giving and receiving and all of this so you know the reason why i wanted to have this conversation with you today there's multiple reasons first i just love talking and connecting with you but um you know something i hear so often in the personal development industry is just around money and pricing and finances and you know, I talked to a an old a previous client yesterday, and she was saying, you know, if I tell somebody about my pricing for my program, some people are gonna say, wow, like that's way too expensive. And other people are gonna say, like, you're you're not valuing yourself, like you're not valuing yourself, you're not charging enough. And so I really feel personally that the personal development industry sometimes I wonder if there's certain aspects of it that are actually creating from this like abundance perspective, more stress and anxiety within people, because there's no real basis for what should be charged. And then maybe we see on Instagram, you know, somebody, a lot of these influences, influencers that are out there. And I don't, I don't want to I don't want to judge anybody or say anything is good or bad. I just want to open up people's minds to ask new questions and look at things maybe from a different perspective, because I think asking questions always leads to new solutions, new answers and innovation. But, you know, there's a lot of influencers out there who have a million followers, but actually aren't making a dollar off of what's happening on their Instagram or Mm -hmm. you know, they have a food, a basement stocked with food from people because they're getting brands want to send them, you know, different flavors of desserts, but you know, the images that we often see projected on the internet, I don't think always reflect what's actually happening. There's these people called the one, I think they're called the wanderpreneurs and they are like literally traveling the world. And they did a, a video reel the other day that was like, you know my husband does this for work, and I do this for work, and I pick up you know money here through doing this and that, and they kind of gave this behind the scenes view um of what actually happens in their their like life like yes, they're traveling, and yes, it looks amazing, and it is, and what are the actual mechanics that are happening behind the scenes of how they're able to mm-hmm. do what they do
1: mm-hmm.
0: so. I feel personally like it's challenging in the online world. It can be, it doesn't always have to be, but I'm seeing a lot of stress being created within people around and it myself included. Like this has been a question that's been on my mind, on my heart, I've played with pricing all over the place. But where what we're seeing on the internet doesn't always match what's actually happening behind the scenes.
1: Oh, and that is so true. That is so, so true. Because I'm working with, you know, I'm working with people who I look at their social and I'm thinking, wow, like this person must be crushing it. And, you know, when I say crushing it, I'm like, they must be making, and of course, this is like the number that comes to my mind, like two or three or four hundred thousand dollars a year, like money that can give you a certain kind of lifestyle. And for most people, that is really a lot of money, but then it turns out that they're not, they might be making like, you know, 20 to $40,000 a year, but they've got this massive following and everything looks like roses and, you know, rainbows and, and it's, and it's just not the truth. And I think that, that there's anxiety that's created just from that because it's like, what you're seeing and what you're thinking is so easy that should be easy for you is really not reality. It's just not so our measure, our measuring stick is like it's off from the very beginning. Like it's very difficult to see what is actually happening behind the scenes for anyone at any time or any influencer, or any business owner, you know. Totally. So I think that that's that's one thing. And I think another thing that happens is that we are told that, you know, like anytime we're looking at something on social or we, we end up in someone's, um, funnel or on their email list, we're getting their perspective, which is Mm -hmm. wonderful, but the mind sort of wants to simplify and filter. And so, and at least this has happened for me a lot over the years, Is like, I see someone doing something one way and I, I kind of get, um, Attached, or I believe that like that's the only way because I haven't been exposed to other ways. Just like you were talking about asking questions, like there yeah. are infinite ways to bring income in, and that's another thing that I want to to bring up too is that you know for a lot of the online entrepreneurs who are having you know you always hear about the six figure launch. Like I did a launch and I made a hundred thousand dollars in three days, and it's like that's awesome, and I hope that that's true, but how much of that was your take-home pay? Because, yes. and I'm talking net, because there are a lot of people out there who pay for leads and pay for followers. And But at the end of the day, how much of that revenue that you're bringing in do you actually get to keep and put into? And this goes back to wealth building. You know, wealth building means that you don't have to get up and go to a job anymore. So the money that you're making from your from your job or from your business to put that into places where it grows assets. These are always assets, savings accounts, retirement accounts, investments, et cetera, property, cryptocurrency. I mean, there's so many ways to make your money work and grow for you. But a lot of people don't learn how to take that revenue and transform it or turn it into personal wealth. And to me, that's really the key. You know, it's like, I'm, I was in a mastermind last year and here I am looking at you know, all of these amazing young women who are just, they look awesome on social. And I'm, and I'm feeling that like, oh, I want to be more like them, or I want to try to do it better. I really like their technique, or I really like their energy. And here I am, I drop into this mastermind and I'm thinking I'm going to be the one that's like trying to learn and and catch up. But it turns out that I had the most successful business out of the whole mastermind, but did my you know my measuring stick did my social reflect what i thought was the best way to do it not necessarily and so this whole idea of perspective is like we have to at the end of the day come back and ask okay what would make me feel at peace at have confidence in my money and feel great about my future and we cannot compare that to what anyone else is putting out in the world or presenting about themselves because we don't know what is true.
0: Oh, this is the best conversation. I'm so excited to release this podcast for so many reasons. Um, because again, I don't, it, it, there It is no disrespect to anyone who is, you know, in that space of, because to be honest with you, I'll I'll just spill the beans right here. When I first started my business, You know, I was putting everything on credit cards and leaping for all of the like, have a six figure launch and X, Y, and Z, you know, back in 2018, 2019, when I first started my business and, you know, as I know more about human design now and what works for me, you know, I went out, I've told this story a million times, but I went out with my deck of you know, it wasn't tarot cards at the time. I actually think they were, I went out with like my deck of Oracle cards and my Reiki table. And I started my business by going to metaphysical events and offering readings, or I had a hairdresser who was amazing. And I was like, Hey, this is this new thing I'm doing. And she used to have me come to all of her um, holiday parties. And I would do readings at her holiday parties. Um, And I built my business. And I was like, Drumming up this like successful little intuitive business in Charlotte, North Carolina. I had a little desk, and I, you know, like hung out and or a little office I shared with this other woman who did like plant spirit medicine, which is a um, uh, it's a form of using the essence and the spirit of a plant to help somebody with uh, physical ailments. She was mm-hmm. awesome. Her name was Colleen Sparrati. If anybody wants to look her up, anyways she, I started to build this business by listening to my intuition and doing what felt good for me. And honestly, as I look back, I'm like, whoa, this is my human design. Like I was following my design community as a fourth line going in. and, And this might mean something to people who know human design and nothing to those who don't, but fourth lines are all about community and, and receiving opportunity through community. I didn't have a website, I had like basically nothing. I had business cards and a bunch of friends and I built this successful little business. Mm -hmm. But the second I wanted to go online because I wanted to travel and I wanted that lifestyle I saw everyone else having, I found the online world was filled with how-tos. Like this is how you have a six-figure launch. This is how you do this. And so I was leaping and putting stuff on credit cards and Mm -hmm. racking up a credit card bill for myself Trying to use was this never ending pursuit of it's almost like gambling. Like, I want to have the successful business, and these are the things I want to do. But what I was finding was I was completely going against my own intuition and what I knew for the sake of somebody outside of me is saying they have this result, and I think I'm going to have it if I work with them. Right. And so I just think in the online world right now, it's easy to buy something that's going to look like it's going to get you a certain result. And I think it's very important to understand that each of us has our own, as I like to call it, abundance equation, our own ways of calling financial abundance in that feel good and they feel natural and they feel um, right for us versus buying the sexiness of what we think is happening for that person. But we have no idea what's happening behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And that that's my rant. No, I, (laughs) I completely get it, Jess. And like, thank you for sharing that so authentically and openly and transparently, because this is what people need to hear. And I wish that I wish I had a Jess or a Holly in my life back in 2016 when I was, you know, just flailing. And I I knew that I wanted to start a business where I worked for myself with no income ceiling, where I could make a positive impact in the world. I knew that. I didn't know how to get there. I hired a a business coach then. and, um, And he was fantastic, except for one thing. He never asked me what my definition of success was and I followed him because he was the world's number one wealth coach that's what he called himself and, and he was very good at what he did and I went through a couple of years of coaching programs with him and then um, I remember I was in South Africa I had just done this um, speaking event where I got to interview Randy Zuckerberg and it was totally awesome and of course they this this company this coach and his team wanted to sell you know, like some of their top Um, leaders in this program that I had gone through, you know, the next package. And I remember sitting in the room with, you know, probably 25 other entrepreneurs from all over the world. And I, I realized, you know what, I think what's best for me right now is to take all of the things that I've learned in the past couple of years and put them into action and get my return on investment for what I had put into those coaching programs. And it was a lot. And one thing that I'm really good at is establishing runways for myself. And I had given myself three years. I was like, okay, Holly, you know, you're going to invest in yourself and getting the skills to start this business for three years. And if you're not profitable by then, then you got to go back and get a job. And I always have felt like, you know, if, if the business doesn't work, I can always get a job at like target or, you know, in business or, you know, doing something because I have skills, like I'm never going to starve because I'm willing to do what it takes to pay my minimum bills. And that decision to step away from, you know, his style of coaching was one of the best decisions that I made because it allowed me to Gravitate toward those who were doing things in a way that was more aligned with what I value, and also starting to work with more female coaches and and get a more like feminine um, take on success because there was a difference for me at the time, and there still is a difference. And so yeah. that that happened from my own intuition, and I'm I'm really thankful for that, and I think it's something that you know, we all see the shiny penny and we all want the success, but that version of success might not be our own personal version of success.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. To everything you just said. Yeah. And I, again, I, I think there's so much we can learn from working with, people and so much that you can learn about what you do like and what you don't like and all of the coaches and the people that we work with um, and we have worked with have impacted our lives I just posted something the other day I think I shared it with you yesterday about my one of my um, clinical supervisors that I had in grad school and how much she impacted my life and changed my life um, and yet I didn't go on to stay with speech therapy right and and I think at the end of the day, I don't want anyone here to think, I don't want to say what I don't want you to think, but there's no bashing on working with people. There's no bashing on working with coaches, on healers, whomever. Like I literally just worked with Holly for what, since January for the past four months, like really diving into finances. And I just want to really bring it in to say, I do think it's very important that as we navigate these waters, you know, From a human design perspective, a lot of people have the open head and asana in the chart, which is very impacted by inspiration and, you know, being inspired by other people. And I think we have to, so for scrolling Instagram, being like, whoa, like, you know, I don't know, Holly just had a six figure launch and maybe I should learn the way she's meant to do it you know, we have to come back to our intuition. We have to come back to our strategy and authority for those who speak human design. You know, what lights you up if you're a generator type? If you're a manifestor, like what are you feeling called to create and put like what urges are coming through you? I think we have to just be very mindful in our own scrolling that sometimes what we see on the surface doesn't actually match what's happening behind the scenes and that the days in the era of like, you know, celebrity essentially. And I mean, look at, look at Hollywood. Hollywood is breaking down. We are seeing the mechanics of what quote fame that we see Mm -hmm. in front of our eyes maybe isn't exactly what's matching behind the scenes. Um, I think it's very important to come out of the fantasy of, society and what we've seen as successful in society. And just like you said, really come back home to our own personal definition of success and asking who are the teachers and the the, um, mentors and the situations and the events and the relationships and the romantic partnerships and the friendships that actually really match me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And what's my definition of success is if I adopt the abundance mindset that anything is possible, who are, and, and I know what I desire to have for myself or create for myself, who are the people, friends, networks, mentors, et cetera, that align with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we don't know that until we have an experience and we go, wow, that wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. And then we learn more about ourselves We take that knowledge instead of like getting grumpy and being like, well, it's all your fault. Screw you. Like there might be some, you know, stuff that comes up, but it's ultimately at the end of the day, I think everything is here to grow us within ourselves and, and yeah, teach us how to, how to express and be more of ourselves.
1: And just being in it, you know, like depending on there are probably people listening who are. Um, You know, newer to entrepreneurship or been in entrepreneurship for a while or, you know, new to your job or been in your job for a while, but then just recognizing that we're also evolving on the daily and you know what, like I was, we were just talking about yesterday, Jess, like what used to motivate me doesn't motivate me anymore. And I'm realizing, and I was chatting, um, with my retreat group from, um, I went on a retreat with Brit, um, in Puerto Rico in December, and we all jumped on a zoom call last night. It was just so good to be in community with my, with my ladies, with my people, with, you know, where I felt safe and supported and could just really speak openly about, you know, the successes, but also the struggles and, and. This up-leveling is kind of where I, I feel so supported today in, in realizing that that I am up leveling and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable because I've been hitting my edges and now I'm starting to let go of like the way I used to do things is not necessarily the way I want to do things moving forward because I'm not the same person. And it doesn't mean that that you know there's there's failure in that. And even if there is failure in that, there's always a lesson in it. It's one of my favorite things about um, you know, my mom is that when, when I was young, she would always say, I failed my way to success. And I was like, oh, that just, that feels so good. And so here I am for the past, you know, say a year and a half been really just looking at my life and my business and thinking, you know, I'm financially independent. Why am I working so hard? Well, it's because I have this really big dream to build a retreat center on some land that I own just east of Boulder. And, um, and that's going to take a lot of money. And, I, and what I realized in support and community with, with other people is that like, maybe I don't have to make that money myself. And maybe this push, this masculine way of doing things that, you know, scaling to seven figures, which is absolutely what I want to do. And what I, what financial impact is on its way to doing is it can look different than the way it looked last year or the year before. And I might not even know how I'm going to meet that goal. And that's also okay, but honoring what's, what I'm feeling right now and without any judgment, but just allowing myself to be in it. And I would say like, for me, that's the biggest takeaway from the past couple of years after, you know, this collective trauma that we've all been through and how much um, unrest and awakening is happening in the world is that, you know, maybe, the way that I reached success in the past is not the way that I'm going to reach success in the future. And because I'm a Capricorn, I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with mm-hmm. not knowing the how, like I want to know what is the path. Cause I'm willing to, you know, take the steps I'll show up and do it. And, um, and so that unknown is very uncomfortable for me, but what I've learned in this practice of abundance and just realizing that, that it all is a practice is if I'm willing to just show up every single day for myself to tune in and, you know, create those good habits. And I don't get it right every single day, but I'm, I'm always willing to show up for the work is that that relief, that breakthrough, it will come. And that, I feel like that's unfolding for me right now, because of these abundance practices and, and principles and, that's really wonderful, even though there's some discomfort in, you know, it's like, I think back to when I had the dream of, you know, becoming a professional speaker and working for myself and really making the kind of income that would support the lifestyle that I want to live, which is to be able to travel the world and live wherever I want and own property all over the world and live in a great place in Denver. I was like, okay, how do I bridge the gap from where I am today, which was like not a lot of income back in 2016 when I left my marriage and you know, the, the company unfolded and to, you know, where I am now, which is like, okay, I've created the income and what I'm comfortable doing is working hard because again, you know, that's sort of what I've been conditioned or programmed to do. It's comfortable for me. It's a pattern. It's like, I have this cellular memory. That's like, get up, do this, you know, and, and show up for the work, but maybe it can look completely different in the future. And that's exciting to me.
0: Oh, I love that. There's actually yesterday, um, Karen Curry Parker posted something on Instagram that I just pulled up and it's called the three cycles of transformation or the cycles of transformation. It has three phases. Number one's disruption. I think I sent this to you. Number two, Uh the void liminality. And then three is expansion. And it's like disruption makes us redefine who we think we are. You know, the void is this vulnerable space where we've let go of who we were and we're uncomfortable in that space because we're not quite sure what is to come, but it helps us to drop our identity and go, okay, like something new is coming and I have to create space for this thing to be able to come in. And then expansion is how we expand, you know, after that, from that place. So, um, I love that you're on your own personal journey at this point in time. And, you know, Holly is a five, one generator, uh, emotional generator, and she's got, um, the defined head and Ashna, if you couldn't tell already from her beautiful ability to be able to structure and create structures that support us. Um, but you know, the beautiful thing that I love about human design is that it's, I think it's a way to, to help us understand ourselves better, to help us conceptualize, like how our energy works as opposed to, well, I should be this, or I should be that, or you need to do this because you're this it's like, We know that you're somebody who maybe like structure comes easy to you, or thinking in a step by step way comes easy to you. But why can't that be translated into this new chapter that you're moving into, which is stepping, you know, stepping into perhaps, um, you know, opening a retreat center or holding space for groups? Like what you've done with financial impact is going to be helpful it's built into the foundation of who you are. And so maybe you're conceptualizing new ways of making money, spending money, creating money, creating abundance, but these, everything builds upon itself. I think by the end of our lives, we've built a huge house, you know, maybe a mansion, maybe a compound with multiple buildings on it and, you know, our metaphorical energetic lives. But um, I'm really excited to see what you build and create next because you've already, and again, as a generator type who tend to be very good at building, like you built something, you have built something beautiful that helps so many people. And I've gotten to benefit from it too. So I'm really excited to see what comes from this, this evolution as you're finding yourself perhaps in that void space right now.
1: Mm, Jess, I am just so thankful for you and earlier when you were talking about the, you know, the disruption and the void and the expansion, I just, I took a huge deep breath in and just felt that in my whole body. And that is that I have this mental image of myself in the past, you know, couple of years where I just felt like my feet weren't on the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was here, but I just wasn't really sure where like where like what my foundation was because it it's you know we're always evolving and that's a really beautiful thing because I don't want to be the same person today that I was ten years ago because that means that I haven't learned anything right yeah so ah totally. oh, it's just it's wonderful to be able to share this life experience um, with you and with others and another visual that I had just a minute ago, as you were talking about, you know, building the house, building the mansion, or maybe it's a compound with lots of houses on it is that I do feel like that, uh, at least for me is the next evolution is to, to, it's not about, um, the one company it's about, it's about abundance for everyone. I always say wealth is for everyone. It's like a rising tide lifts all ships. And I always like, I want to be on the playground, but it's not so fun to be on the playground when when I'm alone. Like I wanna be with my friends. So that's really exciting to me is like, how can we raise up as many people as we possibly can? And I really do feel like taking care of your personal finances and building personal wealth is a form of self-care because it does come down to personal security, realizing our innate potential, And once we start to look at it and shine a light on it, that's when we really start to make progress.
0: Amen. And I, again, I think as you had said before, like this is not taught in school growing up. And I think again, whether you're learning how to deal with and work with cryptocurrency or my, you know, regular old good old money, like whatever it is, I think that this work and what you're doing can teach us so much about creating that, that it, it is, I mean, it's money is energy, whether whatever form it's in, it's in, it's energy. And so if we take all of this time in our lives to be like, Okay. I want to make sure I'm eating right. Right. Food is energy. Oh, I want to make sure that I have relationships where I have boundaries and I have all these things. I think the work that you're doing is really about developing a healthy relationship with money, developing a healthy relationship with self. And from that place in that perspective, like we create a solid foundation to be able to build our house that we can always come back to. We can always repair the foundation, but really you know, I call you a money healer because that you've helped me to heal so much around my beliefs around money. Um, that I just, it, it does, I mean, it really, what you've called this like financial impact, you know, all of it. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. And I think it's what we all, we all need, um, whatever way we get that. So I definitely want to invite people to go out there and purchase your book. If you feel purchase Holly's book, if, if you're feeling like, man, you know, I I could similar to Jess use that grounding and that, um, uh, yeah, that grounding and that stability as it relates to money. Um, or if you feel called to reach out to Holly and see what she's offering at the time that this launches. Um, it's really helped me to ground and understand and develop a relationship with money. You know, and and I think personally, money's love language is quality time. Uh, and and perhaps mm. words of affirmation. And the more that I look at my relationship with it, and I spend quality time with it, um, yeah, the the healthier and stronger our relationship grows. So. Holly, where can the good people find you if they want to connect with you after this podcast?
1: (laughs) Well, I also want to share that I have a ton of free resources on my website too. So be sure to grab those. My website is financialimpact.com. Just click on freebies and then, you know, you can get access to a wealth strategy template, which is basically like a budgeting template and all kinds of really good stuff that'll help you get started on your path to wealth. And then if you want to find me on the socials, Uh, My handle is at Holly Morph, H-O-L-L-Y-M-O-R-P-H.
0: Amazing, amazing. And I definitely recommend, you know, reaching out to Holly, seeing what she has to offer. And the word that's coming to me in this moment is really like sustainability. And I just find you to be such like a stable, grounding human being around money and finances and the way you look at it. So anybody who's looking for that, type of energy and that simplicity, definitely reach out to Holly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to, I want to reiterate this at the end of, of this, because I talked about this a lot, but I, I just want to remind you that wherever you've been on your journey, whatever experiences you've had, like everything holds a learning experience and a learning opportunity for us. And Um, I just want to make sure it doesn't sound like I'm bad mouthing working with coaches or anything like that, given the fact that you're a coach and I, you know, I'm also in this coaching arena, but I do think it's really important um, because coaches and mentors are amazing. I think it's really important to just remember to always be listening to your inner guidance and your inner compass as you look at what you're seeing out in front of you and out in front of your eyeballs on the Internet and all of that, Um, but to really trust yourself and your inner knowingness as well, because your innerness, inner knowingness, um it knows, and it, re, you know, think about our limbic system too. Like, you know, our limbic systems, our nervous system and our nervous systems, nonverbal. So if my nervous system's reacting to something um, and my body is giving me a no, or something, you know, clenching or a nervousness or whatever, you know, the nervous system often knows things that the rational mind will try to rationalize away. So just always trust what your inner knowingness is, is, um, sharing with you as well.
1: Mm, beautiful.
0: That's all for today, folks. I hope you have a great day, Holly. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, my absolute pleasure.
0: And I'll see all of the rest of you back here on the next episode of the love your Woo podcast. Hey, hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself, find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the waking up with Jess podcast.